0: Welcome to another episode of P-Stop, ski racer's podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Ski Racer, Technica, and Blizzard. Uh, Today is the beginning of a two-part series, the first being with Tyson Henry of the Sundance Ski Club, Ski Team, and what's unique about Tyson is that he kind of went to this program that had some tradition, but definitely had fallen to the wayside and was very meek to say the least, or the most for that matter. But in the last decade, he has really taken this thing and run with it. The second part we'll talk about building an academy, but today is about being with a club. And Tyson Henry, I think there is nobody else better to talk to right now about just how far passion can take you. Okay, we are here with Tyson Henry. He's the program director of the Sundance Ski Club and Sundance, Utah. Where is it technically actually? Is it Sundance? Provo, Provo, Utah. Yeah. So, I I specifically uh, asked Tyson to be here on the show. Uh, And that's another thing, too, is you're actually physically here, which doesn't happen often, Uh, to talk about uh, developing a club. So, whether or not you're a small club that's trying to kind of Create a better community, a better environment, uh, build yourself up to become a better product for your community, to, for, to let ski racing be uh, one of its definitive outlets. Um, Sun, uh, I, I, I've asked Tyson here specifically because Sundance is a program that wasn't too long ago, kind of dropped off the map. And Tyson, single-handedly, and I know that you don't like to hear about yourself yeah. this way, but was the driving force
1: Behind a program that went from what? How many years ago? Uh, so when I came on board ten years ago, uh, I had about eight athletes, and now, like I said, up to two hundred and fifty, with a, a wait list to get on. A wait list. Yeah. yeah. Holy uh, Moses. I actually got to go send some emails saying that we don't got room. Oh, <laughs> don't that's got no room. That's a tough. That's
0: a t- <laughs> tough one. Yeah. Gosh, I can't even imagine what the other options would be at that point. Um, yeah. I know that there's some bigger clubs in in New England that have waitlists for that for their programs as well, but that's a little bit different story because there you're you're talking about a region <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: of the of U.S. and we're talking about a, t- a city, just one city. Yeah, that's 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 pretty impressive. I mean, uh, aside from the fact that it's it sucks to turn away kids.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: And so, and so, and when it started at eight, you were the only guy there. And that was what you said eight years ago, ten years ago? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. And now,
1: how many coaches do you have in the program now? Uh, we'll have 50 or so, 51 coaches this year. Wow. Yeah. So, can you talk about like what?
0: why did you want to take on this burden? I mean, it, it, I think there's uh, there's a lot of coaches out there that have this benevolent bone in them. And I think, you know, a lot of coaches at some in some level or another are uh, responding to that benevolent bone just by ski coaching. Uh, because, you know, there's a, a fun fun joke, how do you make a million dollars in ski coaching? Start with a billion. There you go. But what, I uh, uh, but still to have the guts to take something like this, stick with it. I mean, it's pretty impressive. What, 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 what,
1: what turned this on? Oh, uh, several factors. So I think, uh, at, at 18 or 19, I was, I was done racing, um, wanted to pursue my education and, and still stay in the industry, still stay in, in skiing, uh, so I actually turned into a bit of a park park rack park rat there for a little bit, and uh, um, but still love ski racing, and and didn't want to see my roots die. Uh, so a little history on the team. It had when I when I joined the team at ten years old. Um, it was part of Sundance Resort, I believe, back then, way back then, and then two years later, um, it they cut the program for whatever reason. And Snowbird ski team took over, uh, so Steve Benoos wanted to keep that program alive because he had roots at Sundance as well, um, so he didn't want to see it disappear, and uh, and took it on. So they provided coaching for a few years, basically while I, I was on the team. So I trained at both Sundance and Snowbird as part of their program. Oh,
0: so so instead of you just becoming a Snowbird athlete, they Snow Snowbird actually brought coaches to Sundance yeah, yeah they wow. sent down Jeremy oh.
1: Jones was uh, was my coach uh, wow sent him down uh, four days a week and trained down there or you know we could go up to Snowbird as well to get additional training Crow, that's amazing and so yeah. and so we were talking about this
0: a little bit earlier and it sounded like in, in your endeavors of making this decision Venus really was kind of your mentor and yep. kind of taking on this project
1: yeah exactly because like i said when i was done racing i started coaching at sundance when sundance resort took over again um and stevenous was really and the whole snowbird program basically helped me figure out how to coach number one and then how to run a program after that, and they're, they're you know they still a huge huge benefit for the team and help out a ton.
0: So, what kind of like were you were you splitting time between Sundance and Snowbird, or like what kind of what kind of things early on were they tools or pieces were they giving you that allowed you to kind of find your way?
1: Uh, really, just phone calls and emails and some documents that they'd use to train their coaches. They'd just share those with me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then I just had to. Kind of scrounge up what I could from USSA, which wasn't much at the time, mm-hmm. and then other other clubs that would be willing to help out.
0: So what kind of what kind of like uh, for you early on, and it might be hard to dig back this far in your memory, um, mm-hmm. certainly much harder for others. But <laughs> what kind of staples, what kind of like like pieces of wisdom that did you kind of absorb that really kind of helped your perspective in this pursuit?
1: Um, man. I think one thing that really stuck out was to build, uh, I don't know when it was, maybe it was level 100, but to build skiers first and then, and then ski racers because at that, at that time, that's all I cared about was skiing and free skiing and, yeah. and, and, and park and, uh, and all that. So that's what I wanted to share with my athletes was that there's much more to skiing than just ski racing, um, especially at a junior level. Um, where they could go and, and get good at all this stuff and it helps all of it out, all aspects of it. Oh, absolutely. I think anybody in their right mind is going to agree with you on that.
0: Um The idea of just pursuing one angle, just, just skiing gates
1: <laughs> is so far from the big picture of even just trying to have success with that. Yeah, Especially in, in Utah where we have these amazing mountains to ski. Yeah, for sure. So then, what was like? So, so we're
0: talking. We're, we're ten years ago. You've got eight kids. Just you. You're shredding them out, and obviously, and now you're back a part of Sundance Resort. Mm-hmm. And so you're employed by Sundance Resort for this. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Probably not getting paid very much either.
1: <laughs> no comment.
0: <laughs> and then, and then, so what was what was kind of the turning point of when the program went from. Okay, we've got this little thing and it's getting kind of cool to all of a sudden whoa all right now we need structure now we need other coaches now we're like this thing is starting to become what it is now like what was what were kind of the some of the pivotal moments and what kind of things occurred to, to enable that yeah so
1: that um, I don't I don't know the exact timeline or everything, but right around you know a hundred athletes or so would be like the turning point of really f- figuring out that this is something, you know, that, that could be awesome yeah, and, and should be awesome. And, uh, um, so th- that's where you know, I really started to dig in and take a lot more ownership with it and, uh, and figure out how to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost like a, like my own business yeah. and, um, and, and how, you know, every day asking myself, what if, if what I'm doing is is correct and will help with the long-term success of this program and the athletes mm-hmm. what's your oldest what's your oldest age group now that you've got going there uh let's see oldest athlete right now is 18
0: okay so you do have a, a bit of you know, do you have a fist program now
1: yeah um so that those athletes specifically are gonna start to pursue more big mountain They're still going to train gates with us because they see the benefit of it, Um, but they're going to compete in Big Mountain. Yeah, it looks similar. Something similar that we're kind of starting
0: having to learn to embrace even here, because well, let's just face it. uh, You know, we do have these. You know, in the Intermountain West is just littered with these gorgeous mountains with a lot of opportunity uh, on snow opportunity. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you now it's the, the picture is just. Also, you know, just like we talked about, as being a, a younger kids having to ex, wanting to expose them them to everything, so that their passion or love can grow. But also, you know, as they get older, one of those things might grow. The, the, that passion might shift yeah. into one direction. So that yeah. that I mean I, I suppose that makes sense. But do yeah. you is that do you see a level a a fist like a full time fist component in your future?
1: Oh yeah, uh, we, we never discount that and it's mm-hmm. not something we're against at all. Like like we had FIS athletes last year mm-hmm. and they competed and raced um, at that level. And that, that's something that we've always, has been part of our philosophy as a team is to provide any opportunity for these athletes because otherwise they have to move or travel greater distances to Park City or Snowbird to, to do that. So, you know, it, if we have that talent, it would be the hardest thing for me to say, sorry, we can't help you. Right. And that, <laughs> and that probably, probably doesn't, yeah. And that
0: probably definitely. that, that's, that's like putting the cap on growth versus yeah. embracing it and showing the rest of the program. This is how far yeah. we can go here. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that definitely I'm starting to notice, um, as a recent year. So like, you know, about eight, nine years ago, I was coaching in Utah. I guess it was no, actually, it was more like 10 now. Ten years ago, I'm coaching in Utah. You know, I knew Sundance had a program because I was friends with Nyman, and I knew that you know that was part of his makeup of who he is. He still has it listed on the U.S. Ski Team. Yeah. You know, his bio: Park City, Sundance, yeah. or Sundance Park City. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm going to all these different races. We're hosting races, and I'm not really seeing anything that's Sundance. Okay, and now. Um, you know, I go to this snow, this snow. I'm at Snow King last year, year before, and I'm and I'm looking at a group of kids that are at the start. They're not building a fort. They're not building a castle. They're not covered in snow and drool and snot. They are doing a core workout. They're doing visualization. They are. They look like they're ready. They've been educated and sort of exposed enough where they're ready for the for racing noram if it came to them tomorrow okay. but and here we are at a U14 qualifier right out of the gate and they they are embodying all the things we wished all our athletes were doing on a regular basis okay. so obviously you guys not only are you growing in numbers but there's there's certainly an educational component that's occurring right now where um, these kids are understanding and 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 taking on the responsibilities and the different pieces uh, of the nuances that make you a great ski racer. So can you speak to what you guys are doing as a program right now that isn't just on snow? Maybe it's in a classroom. Maybe it's during the summer months. Like what kind of things are you putting in place right now that that's getting these kids to understand those things? Oh yeah. Uh, Learning from them for, for that matter
1: too. Yeah, And hopefully applying them. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to that. And that, that's been a many years in the making uh, thing. Um, especially, you know, if that was last year, two years ago, whenever that was, like that, that group of athletes, they are, they're basically the pioneers on the Sundance ski team mm-hmm. uh, of getting to that level. And, and so I've I'm really impressed on them that they're the leaders on the team, on the whole entire team, that, that every single kid looks up to them and what they do, everyone else is going to mimic. So, and do, you, and do you say
0: pioneers? Do you say because these are these are like I'm I'm just thinking about the timeline and their yeah. age group of U14 at that point. And so these are like the, this is one of the first groups that has really come into Sundance as as little guys and have gone through the pipeline. Right? Is that yeah. I mean, is that how you see it? Or? As a
1: group, for sure. We had you know some older athletes that that made it and, and beyond. Uh, Dylan Flinders, Talbot Palmer, as example. Um, you know, but this is the first actual group that we've had, and they were led by those older athletes as well, and, you know, again, just communicating to them that, that they learned from those older athletes and pass it on, and it's like, you know, this is your responsibility, and, and you know, because they'll listen to the coach so far, but the younger kids are going to pay attention way more to the older athletes.
0: That's amazing. We just had this uh, continuing ed piece at the, at the Sun Valley Ski Ed the other other week. And one of the first things, one of the things that I took away from it is kids are always going to listen to other kids. Yeah. They Very rarely are they going to really absorb yeah. what you're, as an adult, telling them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. whether you're three, I mean, a kid that's three years older is so much more impressionable to that younger kid than someone who's 20 years older. Like they, I, I see mention yeah. to them and I'm still kind of a young guy. I think. Yeah. yeah. They'll just nod their head and say, yep. so what kind of things are, 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 is happening right now? I mean, obviously I think sports in general in this country and how expectations have kind of evolved over the years. I mean, and now we also have this, this kind of, this, 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 metal tiered system from the governing body of bronze program silver program gold program whatever which means you know we're challenged not only for to for the survival of our club but also and and for the success of the club but also from the governing body to create more than just this on snow component so Mm -hmm. like are you guys like what's your on what's your drylands um piece look like what is do you have i mean you guys obviously i would think you guys are providing some sort of summer camp programming. Yeah. What kind of stuff is, is starting to occur now?
1: Yeah, so we do offer a mostly year-round uh, dryland program for ages U12 and up, or U10 and up. Uh, and you know, for the older athletes, U, U12, it's available to them all year, basically as a maintenance option um, throughout the season. Uh, so that's there. It's a lot of gym work, you know, typical athletic training, uh, a lot of outdoors trail running what we, what we can go and do um i, I do run a, a downhill bike team as well in the summer that a lot of athletes participate on, right on. yes uh, so that keeps them involved and keeps them out of soccer <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so so we do that we do summer camps as well mm-hmm. spring camp um we've i've learned a lot from that and, and figuring out what works best actually talking with with will Brandenburg more about his philosophy on that as kind of gelled with what I believe as well you know avoiding gates and just hammering them out in November isn't so beneficial uh, for most of our athletes um, and just just getting back into it um, otherwise free skiing at snowbird or something um,
0: and then but at the same and, and so then I'm also thinking to myself about like um, from a coaching standpoint there's something you mentioned I mean you know uh, to me earlier is, is that now that you've got 250 something kids, 250 plus in this program with a waiting list, uh, what kind of, where are you at staff wise again? I think maybe you mentioned it earlier.
1: I don't remember. Yeah. So we'll have 51 coaches, um, all generally part-time. Um, I'm really the only full-time coach and, uh, you know, they're all based from most of them are, are parent volunteer, uh-huh. um, or sorry, not volunteer, but parent coaches. Um, otherwise, you know, college students that are looking to, to learn and, and figure out how to coach and ski race at the same time. <laughs> where are
0: you get where are you getting these college guys from?
1: Uh, so there's BYU and UVU, uh, Utah Valley University, uh, that are close by, so,
0: Oh, cool! And so, yeah. and and these are kids that just grew up ski racing that now so, want to. Oh, of...
1: sorry, yeah. So just skiing. They, yeah, very few of our coaches actually have ski racing experience. No kidding. Yeah. So, 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 how do you get
0: these get these this group of people to get on the same page as you and 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 in buy into the direction things need to go in?
1: Uh, you know. So we do we do the the classroom training. Uh, and then we try to do a lot of on snow training. So we do the level 100, uh, in club option, uh, that we basically make mandatory for all of our coaches. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the season we do a Monday, uh, coach training on snow yeah. where we can, you know, we'll, we'll either have a specific focus to teach them or, uh, just set a course and let them run it and coach each other. Wow. Um, Yeah. And and that's, you know, where our team is at right now, it is 95% of our kids are probably brand new to the sport all the way from seven till 16 years old. Uh, We have our our Mavericks program, which is like a learn to race option for our younger kids. And then newly trying to build up the Soda League uh, for our 12 to 18 year olds that are just getting into the sport. And really have no other option in the USSA or US Ski and Snowboard Mm -hmm. pipeline. So giving them a fun recreational um, racing option. So this is blowing my hair
0: back right now. (laughs) You've got 250 kids. You've got 51 coaches. You're the only one that's full-time employed. This This whole thing is literally homegrown organic from the ground up right in your right in Sundance, right in yeah. Yeah. Provo Valley, like or Utah, much. Utah Valley, like Utah Valley. happy Valley. Ha- Unbe- <laughs> this is, this is, this is mind bending because we, there is this conception that, you know, all these programs, all these repros, Oh, we need a big name. We need a big coach. We need somebody. We need this person. We need a somebody. And yet you guys are putting- literally putting kids on the map right now and you did and you're doing it all from home
1: yeah, yeah that's one way to put it yeah <laughs> there's like no excuses at this point <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that, that's you know we're we're're we're getting there right that, that's like i said we we always want to provide all the opportunities for athletes we can and uh you know we we would love to have an athlete make it wherever it is right, but our our core group our core philosophy is still just teaching kids how to ski better faster right yeah and uh and that's where ninety nine percent of them are are gonna be and that that's awesome that's great that's what we wanna focus on,
0: oh my gosh okay hey i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna um i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out a tagline here for you guys you you can use it, you don't have to credit me with it. <laughs> But when I would say Sundance Ski Team, homegrown passion.
1: Homegrown passion, I like it.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> Tyson, thank you so much
1: for uh, uh, being here with me. And then obviously, you guys have a website, right? Uh, yeah, it's a bit. It, it'll eventually be sundanceskiteam.com. dot com, but right now it's got Sports Engine in there and everything. So. What's
0: so so what is so where where
1: is it at this at this moment? So it's Sundance. Let's see. I don't remember. It's sundayski Ski Team dot sports engine without any ease. Okay. Dot com. okay. Yeah, and then and is your email contact on that on there as yeah, well? Yeah.
0: Because um, I, I just imagine that somebody might hear this and go, I, I got to understand more of this. How? What can I do at my little club in Southern Vermont or, uh, you know, North Carolina or. You know, Eastern Washington or something like that. What, what, what can we be doing better? And because right now, I, I'm just totally impressed by the story, even more that that, that that how how big of a picture you've 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 created for this community, that community that you that you represent. It's pretty well, I'm impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Hey, Tyson Henry, program director of the Sundance Ski Team from zero to hero. <laughs> Sundance Ski Team. Homegrown passion, everybody. Thanks again, Tyson. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Taco. Thank you again for checking out Pieced Off, the Ski Racers podcast brought to you by Fantasy Ski Racer, Technica, and Blizzard. Hope you enjoyed the uh, previous episode featuring Tyson Henry learning a little bit about building a club environment. And as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, next episode, the fourth of the first part of season four, we will feature Dave Salate of Proctor Academy, who will discuss building an academy type environment program. Thank you again.